Hi, how can I help you today? As a McDonald's employee, you say those words quite often. But how about when you need help, like consulting a doctor? Hi, how can I help you today? When you work for a McDonald's restaurant, we take care of you like family. With free virtual doctor's visits, including getting prescriptions and refills for you and everyone in your family. Apply today at careers.mcdonalds.com and find out more. The benefits described herein are only available at participating restaurants. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounder. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this special episode of On Second Watch, where I had the privilege of speaking with screenwriter Bill Kelly, who wrote the fun comedy Blast from the Past, the crazy thriller Premonition, and the magical movie Enchanted, which we are about to review next. Bill had some great information to share about the screenwriting process and his experiences on Enchanted, and I particularly love his journey with that film. You know, we as the consumers of Disney know it's a magical place. We love their products, their movies, the theme parks but it is a ruthless, profit-hungry machine behind the curtain. As a huge Star Wars fan, I got to learn more about that when I saw how they handled the Star Wars sale and really strategically and systematically threw out George Lucas. Now, with Bill, he sold the script to Disney and was fired from the production, and they spent nearly eight years rewriting it, bringing in multiple directors, before finally bringing Bill back to help create what we see in the final product. Bill has an incredible attitude about the industry, knowing full well of his role in bringing stories to life, and has a deep appreciation for the collaborative and creative process, working with directors and the crew. As someone who's had the itch to write a screenplay to a story that's been stuck in my head since I was a kid, I really enjoyed a quick peek into his world. I hope you enjoy this interview, and if you haven't seen it yet, or haven't seen it in a while, go check out Enchanted and let us know your thoughts. Now before we jump in, I want to especially thank our sponsor for this episode, Podcorn has again helped us keep our microphones on, not just as a sponsor, but by providing an incredible platform for podcasters to connect directly with brands. For our show, I've met so many great companies and continue to have relationships with them, which has opened the door for more opportunities in the end. What's amazing about Podcorn is that I have the power to search the list of sponsorships and can select the ones that are the best fit for our show. I then get to pitch to the brand why they are a great fit and even set my own rates. The mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. If you're looking for a sponsor to help grow your podcast, create a free account on Podcorn today and start searching for your next sponsor right away. Head to podcorn.com to get started. And now, without further ado, please enjoy our interview with screenwriter Bill Kelly. I guess just to give you a little bit of background of what our podcast is, it's... um, it's called On Second Watch, and basically the concept is we really explore our nostalgia for movies that are at least 10 years old, things that we either grew up with or saw when we were mm-hmm. kids, and uh-huh. you know, we, we reflect on what it meant to us back then and then rewatch it to see if it holds up, if it what got it better, means, it got worse. Like if it, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Like, what was I thinking? Or this <laughs> yeah. is a, a gem, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, because you know, I mean, sometimes exploring your nostalgia can be a little bit dangerous. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. There's plenty of movies I saw as a kid that really do not hold up now but as a kid it held a special place and that's that's all that oh, i think that's really true i think it's true of books in in music i think there's i have some music i've been buying records i don't want to take this away from our podcast that's right. but you know they're terrible and and yet you know when i put on the record i the nostalgia puts me in that moment and and it, it's like comfort food 
Exactly. Not necessarily the best food, but it's like it evokes something for you. So I, I got a question on, on music is, so do you find yourself kind of like your favorite music actually from when you were a teenager or is it just kind of depend? Um, I, you know, I, I listen when I'm writing, I listen to music because the silence is just too distracting. I sort of need the distraction of, of the white noise of music. So I listen to like, I have like this playlist of like just bad overly familiar 70s sort of middle of the road love songs you know that that are entirely familiar to me so it's not like i'm thinking oh this is a really great song i wonder who this is so so it sort of disappears in the background and it's not silent so it's sort of like musical white noise but i mean i i uh i so that's i guess all the all the familiar things to me from but i mean if i'm listening to sitting down to listen to music i'll listen to all sorts of things and i i listen to new things and old things and in between things okay just depends on if i like it sure well awesome so i guess one of the reasons why we're taking a look at enchanted was we're currently hosting a fundraiser for a local children's hospital uh, in ann arbor oh, that's called great cs mott children's hospital and Wonderful. what we're trying to do is is raise some money with our listeners to help us, you know, buy them, you know, like Nintendo Switches and some games, activities okay. and things like that. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And one of our supporters that that helped us out, she her name is Selena. She absolutely loves Enchanted. Oh uh, nice. She oh, says nice it, it is her favorite musical movie of all time and is Oh, that's really sweet. And her lovely. top five movies of all time. So Wow. Um she's <laughs> She's very, very all in on Enchanted for sure. Great. Um, so I said, hey, we're, we'll get a chance to talk to you. And, and um, so she just just wanted to make sure that you knew <laughs> how much it meant to her. Thank you, Selena. I so appreciate that. That's so kind of you and so flattering. And I'm so uh, happy that I could be a part of something that made you happy. That's great. So, I mean, all this time, you know, this this movie came out some time ago. It's, it's still resonating yes. with people. And I mean, obviously the announcement of of a sequel coming yes, soon. Uh-huh. I, you know, it's just, what, what does it mean to you to have a film that, that you were a part of still to this day, just, just meaning so much to people? You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm very grateful uh, to have made something uh, that people, that resonates with people and it makes them happy. You know, as, as far as a screenwriter, as far as creatively, you know, I've had, a couple of movies made and, and a lot of times all all you really see are the flaws you think oh my god that's terrible and i can't, and i can't go back and change it and i'm stuck with that so it's you know after enough time it's really not a matter of oh you know that that turned out good and you're so smart and wonderful it's it's happiness is relief re- the relief that it's not terrible that it came out pretty good uh so uh, and since I think uh, I'm really proud of Enchanted, it's I'm extremely relieved. I guess that's the best I can do. Yeah, but I am. I'm. You know, it's 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 very nice to hear that it resonates with people. I, I you know, it's so long ago for me that it it's 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 a strange, almost a disconnect because it seems like another time, another person. And I and I and I'm not nostalgic. I don't look back. Creatively, I'm always curious to do what I've done, you know, what I'm working on, and what I want to work on. So I, I don't really look back. But to hear those kind of things, um, it, it, I, it's very nice. It's very flattering, very gratifying. 
Yeah, that's great. I, I know commonly you hear, you know, an artist considers their work never done. Like uh, you'll pick up a, a book you wrote or a song you did and you'll always want to tweak it or change things. So yeah. And like with the movie, there's just, it's done. It's done. All the, anything that's good is in there and anything that's bad is in there forever. So, right. you know, so you're torn between like, you know, Oh, thank you for the uh, lovely compliments. Or I feel I should apologize or <laughs> your money back or something, you know? So, well, I mean, if you did have a magic wand, is there anything in enchanted you feel like, uh, You'd want to like go. No, I think that would be really presumptuous. And I was so blessed on that production on so many levels. As I often say, you know, the ideal is is not to be the smartest person in the the room is to is to work that everyone around you is way smarter. And I was really privileged to, you know, the director, Kevin Lima, and I got along really well. We still work together. We're working on something now. We'll be talking later today. Um, and he was extremely inclusive and collaborative, which is really rare because a lot of directors, you know, aren't thrilled to have writers around. So that was a gift. You know, uh, the casting, uh, Amy Adams and James Marsden in particular, like, brought those characters to life beyond anything I could, you know, it's what you wanted it to be and more what you hoped it would be and more. And the music, Stephen Schwartz and Alan Menken, who are just these brilliant uh, people. And it was surprisingly to me as nice as in, in normal and down to earth as they are brilliant. They did such a great job. So no, there's little piddly things, and, and, you know, mainly it's probably things I did, uh, you know, so but but I'm very happy with how it turned out. And I don't know that I would change anything. I feel like as a as a screenwriter, especially, you know, you're you're writing, you come up with these stories and you're, you're so dedicated to them. And then once you kind of turn it over to the studio, then comes, you know, sometimes editing by committee, some people that don't have the heart invested in it. It makes it challenging. It's. Um, to to stay with the production, which I I was fortunate enough to to work with the director Kevin Lima through the rewrite and and through the casting and through the filming and through the editing and all the way to the end. That's really it is the exception. It's not the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, typically you are replaced for all sorts of reasons, and that's. A lot of times it's the last you hear of it unless, you know, you end up with credit and go to a premiere or something. But so it was a very rare experience. My best, my favorite experience in, in movies was in That's great. I think it's, it's also, you know, gratifying because I know, you know, what I was, you know, trying to get some information online that it said that you had sold the screenplay back in 97. Yes. And then, yeah. and then you were kind of just I, kicked out of it really. Uh, no, I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I, don't know if I was fired, right? Uh. And then it, it was rewritten at a cost of lots and lots and lots of money. And then about I don't know how many years later, eight or what's that, about two thousand and four. I don't seven years later. Um, they, they it was on its last legs because people couldn't seem to capture it. The the writers that they hired in the interim. They brought me in. Um, I had, a, you know, the advantage of a lot of distance from it. So I could look at it and say, well, this is exactly what I would do. You know, 
now, which is what you're talking about in terms of like, what would you do differently? Yeah. I had that opportunity to say, well, this is all the things I would do differently. Um, I wrote a draft in eight weeks. They greenlit that draft. They brought on Kevin. Kevin kept me on. He and I did a draft together, which was just he and I sitting in a room uh, for a whole summer going through the script and putting up uh, little cards until we both arrived at it pretty much very pretty close to what you saw on the screen. So I forget where I'm going. It's such a long story I got. Yeah. But that's that's what happened. So had you worked with Kevin before or is this the first? No, time? I had not. Um, no, I had not um, worked with him before. Wow, um, I mean, it just it seems like you just had like a, a great collaboration and, and, you know, just you guys clicked. Yes. It, it, and it, it continues to this day. There is a shorthand between us where um, uh, we both get what the other is talking about and we don't have to have a lot of discussion. Not yeah. that we don't have a lot of discussion, but no, and uh, we have a project of which I can't talk about, but I, I will put it out there in the world when I can, which I'm really excited about. Well, great. We'll definitely keep our eyes open for that one. Yeah. And then, so what's, was screenwriting always something you wanted to do or did you just? No, I, I, uh, I was, um, I worked in cable television, like local access, like Wayne's world, except it was like municipal television, gotcha. like, <laughs> you know, where you like the jack of all trades and you go out there and you're the cameraman and the host and editing. And, you know, it was like your friend, the sewage system. And, um, uh, and so I started to get like really well known in my little hometown where I go to the gas station. He was like, Oh, I saw you, you know, on the thing about the sewage system. And I thought, I don't want to be a, a public access celebrity. I, I'd rather be a little cog in a big wheel. And, and I originally moved out to Los Angeles to get into sitcom writing, um, which I thought, well, Bill, you're just about that smart. Um, and uh, in the interim, I ended up as a single dad taking care of a baby. So I was home a lot. I didn't really have an opportunity to, to go out and network and meet people. And all my jobs were in film companies reading screenplays. So I thought, I think this is my only chance of doing this. Because I always thought, you know, oh, my God, movies. That's what super smart people do. But I was so desperate. I had to push myself. And it really, you know, after a while, I, and I wrote six or seven scripts. And the only uh, gift I had was that I could distinguish between what was good and what was bad. I knew the difference and I could apply that sort of objectively to myself. So after about eight screenplays, I finally found something. I found my voice and I realized, okay, now I can do this. And it was um, not too long after that, that I wrote um, Blast from the Past, which was originally titled mm -hmm. Looking for Eve. And that's sort of like what opened everything up for me. Very cool. And so as you're writing, um, is if you're put, you know, so like enchanted when you're creating a story and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a motion picture. Do you, when you're building these characters, do you think of maybe an actor or actress that could play the role or do you just try to. Oh, uh, no, I, I really movies? don't. I always think of the characters and the stories. Uh, it's mm -hmm. different when a movie is cast and you meet the people and you know their voices and, and you're doing rewrites because then maybe you get a sense of, you know, how, how they speak and, and whether they're, you know, up to bigger chunks of dialogue or if things need to be more succinct. Right. Um, but no, I, I always, I don't think in terms of 
actors or famous people, or I think in terms of story and characters, that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it'd be different if you're writing something that you have Jim Carrey in mind, how you would present the yeah, character. No, it's you know? diff- yeah. Cause there's a voice to that person and delivery and mannerisms and all those things. But usually, you know, I, I really dealt with like original stories um, and spec scripts were, were, are, have been where I've had my success. So I, I really, there was no um, actor to sort of write it to. And I think that's a mistake anyways, because you don't want to make something so uh, specific that it's like, oh, well, only this one person can play it. You want it to be castable, you know, so that a wide you know, they could cast a wide net and a lot of people could possibly play a role. Yeah, absolutely. And you had mentioned earlier about um, just the aspect of collaboration and um, yes, uh-huh. not, not being the smartest person in the room. And, and, you know, as you find, and you know, it doesn't matter what job you're in, uh, the more diversity, the more people without, you know, I have no problem with too many cooks in the kitchen, but the more people involved in, you know, being creative and trying to things and like the whole with improvisation, the, and then, and then you guys can build on top of things. Mm-hmm, right, Did you uh-huh. find that um, really the case with Enchanted was everyone was just kind of building each other up as you kind of got towards the the script building with Kevin? Yeah, it was very, yes, it's very collaborative with Kevin and, you know, there is the line between a lot of voices and a committee, right? And the minute you get in a committee and, and, and you're trying to put things in just so people feel heard or involved or engaged. I think that can be a problem because you, you do need a, it's really where a director comes in uh, at that stage where they, they have to be the ultimate filter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, as a writer, a screenwriter, you're working with the director, you, you should push your point of view, but you have to remember at a certain point, they are the director. And I, I know with Kevin, I'd always say to a certain point, I'm going to argue my point of view and try and convince you. Uh, or, you know, the opposite where he'll try and convince me. But at a certain point, if he says, okay, well, uh, I'm the director and this is how we're going to do it, then that's it. Because you're not the director, you're the writer. And it's a very, not like writing a book or something. It's a very separate, distinct uh, areas of responsibility. Absolutely. So getting on the, the topic of en- Enchanted, um, where did this idea come from? I know I, I think I listened to an interview recently where you mentioned the sound of music was a big influence on yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it, was it was a naked attempt to, to remake the sound of music. Um, uh, and I actually did a sort of a, an entirely live action version set in the real world as we know it, you know, and there was, it was a, a convent that was shutting down, uh, and, uh, this real live modern day sort of Julie Andrews, Maria set out into the wilderness. And the problem is to, to do it in the real world. I, I certainly worked in sound of music, but to do it in a contemporary nowadays setting, it just seems like, you know, that there is, she wasn't all there, you know, it seemed, it came off silly. And, and, and I am a big believer that, you know, even in the juxtaposition of fantasy and reality, that everything needs to be grounded. And, and so finally arriving at the way to do it was to have that character actually be from a place where in her fully grounded reality, you talk to bluebirds and break into song and are, you know, fall in love after one day you know, that, that she could be, it wasn't 
silly. It was entirely serious for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of opened up the idea uh, for me. And that's where it went. That's, that's awesome. Did you already, did you always picture it being a musical or did that just kind of open it up? As well, I think kinda... once, once the idea that this was a, you know, a maiden from a fairy tale world, you know, there's all these tropes that are second nature to us, you know, especially given the, the Disney um, fairy tale where, it, it it lent itself to yes, of course she has to break into song, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it, so it, the the character in that case, the character and the premise led to uh, led to the idea that of course it's going to have songs and music into it. In it, oh sure, absolutely. Um, and do you have a favorite favorite part of the whole process or favorite moment with seeing the cast or seeing your vision come to life? Uh, there was, uh, the, the scene where she emerges from the manhole cover in Times Square. And literally we, we ended up blocking off most of, uh, Times Square for, for this movie that I wrote. Uh, and, you know, Amy Adams is just so great, you know, in that ridiculously, you know, big (laughs) dress to look at all that and think, oh my goodness, something I wrote in my living room in my pajamas has led to this uh it's just it's surreal and i remember uh, in between takes she and i sitting singing songs from um my fair lady and that was just a really great fun memory so that was like probably the the most exciting uh part of it but you know i it's also interesting because for getting into the entertainment industry, you have all these ideas, oh, that uh, it's going to be this big thing where I'm going to be at a studio and uh, there'll be lights and cameras and movie stars. And, and, and I've had those moments, like I just mentioned. But really, when you get down to it, at the end, the, the thing that's really the most fun and exciting part is the creative process where you are in an ugly office room with a, a, a bulletin board and little cards and push pins. And you are creating story and solving and solving problems and coming up with answers. And that's to me, that's, that's my favorite part of the whole thing. Uh, and if I, if I never went on a set again, that uh, I would, would not trade that for the, for the creative part of it. That's the best part. Oh yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah. Like, cause you know, that's a dive too much. So my day job working in it um, trying mm-hmm. to design things with with other people, it's it's everyone coming to the table with different ideas, and then you, you build yes. off it, and it's it's exciting when you start. It is yes, it yes. So. It, it's it's very satisfying to start with nothing, and and everything you've arrived at, and it's the same thing that you're talking about is just out of what came out of your head. You know, it's 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 a very exciting creative thing. Yeah, and I um, on Disney Plus, I know they came out with a kind of a behind the scenes of frozen two. And I, I thought it was just mm-hmm. fascinating seeing all the moving parts of how this all comes together between the animation and the concept and storyboarding. Oh, yes. and it's just, it's incredible. Well, it's such a hugely collaborative process and everybody involved has the, uh, this creative specialty that, you know, they've spent years becoming fantastic at. So there's so many artisans and craftsmen and, and creative people. It's, it's it's very interesting and very exciting. Now, I know you mentioned that you like to do kind of more of the 
behind the scenes, kind of the creative, you know, aspects of movie making. Is there any other role or did you ever get the director bug or is there something that you'd like to do in a production that you haven't done yet? Um, uh, I want to work more in television and that's, uh, uh, that's where that's the, the project that Kevin and I are working on is in television. So I'm hoping that that uh, will lead to that. And also, I mean, I've also been writing prose. I've been working on a book, um, which is, which I never thought, I thought, well, that's another thing you have to be really super smart. Maybe my book isn't brilliant. I don't know. <laughs> but it's the idea that you get to, it's, it's, uh, you get to create a whole world and you don't need anyone's permission or you don't need a budget or you need, don't need to convince someone to spend $20 million that you can just go and, and, and what you write is the finished prod, pro, process, project, mm-hmm. um, finished, uh, product, excuse me. Um, Whereas, you know, a screenplay is a blueprint for something that you need permission to make. And a right. book is a, is the whole story from start to finish, which I really like. Yeah. That's, that's yours to control. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Well, just, um, I guess a, a couple side questions. So sure. do, you, do you have a favorite movie of all time? Um, I think there's movies that are like perfect. And I, I love, uh, my favorite movie is The Apartment. Um, by Billy oh, okay. Wilder, uh, written, directed, and um, I think it won the picture and best picture, best screenplay, best director uh, with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine, and it's yeah. this fantastic mix of drama and humor and heart, um, and it's like everything uh, I I would aspire to in a movie. So that's one of my favorites, but I have lots of favorites. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it was my favorite list is always changing. I, it's What's your favorite? Oh man. Um if I if I had to pick um you know, I I would probably have to go with Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. That seems very cliche. That's a great obvious, one. That's my but, favorite of all those. Yes. Although Yeah. yeah. I, it's just of, to of me, those it's just of so those different. George Lucas yeah. ones. Yes. Of those George Lucas ones, yeah. And it just I don't know, just the fact that it's it's different in that, you know, in the end of the movie, the bad guy wins, but it's great. You know, it's it's just, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's still great storytelling. Um, and then another question I had that I've, I've been asking people lately is just in the world we're in today where COVID has literally changed everything. Um, mm-hmm. the movie theaters are being, you know, shut down, torn apart. The experience is shifting to streaming digital. I mean, Warner brothers just did a whole, the entire slew of their movies in 2021 are all going to HBO max first. I know. Yes. Yep. Do you do you find that the movie going experience actually in a theater sitting there with a group of people do you still find that it's it's an important experience to You know it's funny because I I feel like with the covid there's so many experiences that are akin to that that people can't yeah you know, especially for in Los Angeles in in California you know you have to like push your memory what was it like to go to a movie theater yeah grandpa and see a movie what was it like to go to a restaurant right (laughs) and sit indoors with a bunch of people or to hug people and i feel like i have faith that this is all going to end and and a lot of people said well it's going to be like after the pandemic of the 19 early you know the 19 teens um Mm -hmm. The influenza, I think, where you're going to end up with the roaring 20s. And I think people are going to be hungry. And I really think all that stuff is going to come back in a big way. 
yeah. maybe bigger. I have faith in that. I don't think I don't. I think there's room for all the streaming stuff as well, but I, I do think people will want that experience. I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so too. I mean, to me, there is there's nothing like seeing a picture for the first time in theaters with a with a crowd of people. Yes, the, you know the comedies are so much funny, more funny when oh, yes. there's other people yes. there. there it's like a it's like off, a third know? invisible dynamic is is the the audience. It is, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping Plus, it comes people back. don't want to st- talk to their dates. So, oh right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What were we going to say? I interrupted you. Oh no, I was just, just saying. What? Just uh, I, I'm hoping it, it it can come back in a big way. It, it's, uh, it's. I think so. I I believe it will. Yeah, it's something special for sure. Yep. Um, and then I got you know I just if there's anything you can talk about that you're working on now, or is it just kind of a wait and see until. Things get ironed out. I just, yeah. I mean, not that I'm coquettish or anything. I, I, I'd love to talk about it. I just, I'm not in a position to talk about it. Understood. But, yeah. Well, then uh, I'll keep a lookout for that announcement. I'll keep an announcement or a lookout for your uh, your book. Great. <laughs> and uh, excellent. We'll we'll see where it goes. So, um, honestly, okay. thank you so much for your time. Oh, ha- happy to um, do it, and good luck. With everything. Thank you. Yeah. And like I said, Enchanted is a favorite amongst our friends and some of our listeners. I'm so happy so. to hear that. Thank you. That really makes me happy. Right, great. And then I'll, you know, as, really soon as, as soon as we get this uh, all cleaned up and ready to go, I'll, I'll send you a link to the Oh, the thank you, you so much. And then I'll also send you our um, actual review of our nostalgia and our rewatch of this film as well. That's, that's yeah, be coming out in the next week or so. No. Okay, Tim. <laughs> we're, we're definitely having fun with it, so it's all right. Okay, good. Excellent. So thank you so much, Bill. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. It. Okay. Uh, have, a, have a great rest of your day, and, and we'll I guess we'll talk online soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye.